All right. Good evening, everybody. There's another, uh, you're here with another Jazz Matters podcast. And today we got the uh, percussionist, educator, a good friend, Lawrence Jennings, uh, joining us. Uh, and of course, you know, we have Mr. Vaughn Coulter from Jazz Beach Radio. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get it started as soon as we can. Uh, I just got a few things to say as far as um, Jazz Matters. We want you to go to uh, Yes Jazz Matters and uh, .org and look at the, uh, we have a store, a Jazz Matters store. Uh, like for you to check out the uh, apparel in the store. We'd also uh, like for you to look at the donate page and click on that and send a donation to us because we are 501c3. Uh, if you can, we will have um, Mr. Jennings here one second. I'm having a little technical difficulty with this end. But um, what we're going to do is go ahead and get started. So, Lawrence, um, what is, uh, what, what was it uh, that got you into this business, this music business? And just let the people know who you are and where you're from, but mainly how you got into the business. Okay, yes, thank you, Devin. Uh, my name is Lawrence Jennings. I am a percussionist drummer. And uh, I started in the business, uh, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. And my uncle, Luther Jennings, was one of the founding original members of the Jackson Southern Mayors of Blue, uh, gospel group. And so I've always been around music. My mother encouraged all of us, uh, my siblings, we had to play an instrument. Brother played a trumpet, trombone, drums, clarinet, piano with my sisters and whatnot. And I came from a musical family. And I was the one that, one that stayed with it. And um, I was influenced by just drums. I enjoyed beats like we all do. That's our natural instinctive, instinctive uh, thing to do as African-Americans, so I was really drawn to it, and my brother was in the band in high school, I used to listen to him. So moving moving forward, um, I started playing drums, took lessons, I was studying with a gentleman by the name of uh, Alvin Field and Jack Jones, and I became great good with it. Um, I went to high school, I was you know, just an all-art band and state art band. And it afforded me a scholarship to college, and I went to Jackson State University. Uh, and that's when my eyes really opened because they encouraged us to stay in the journal of jazz, to play, uh, know our history. And I had an opportunity to meet um, one of my uh, mentors was Freddie Waits. Uh, he was a drummer out of Jackson, Mississippi as well. We went up to New York and played with a number of artist, you know, famous artist. And um, he came to Jackson State one year with Woody Shaw. And uh, Woody was losing his uh, sight during that time, but they did some appearances and I got an opportunity to play a song or two with them. But we always at the uh, HBCUs, we, we um, encourage our students to know the history, to know some history about all music. This music we call jazz, it's American jazz classical music. So uh, then at Jackson State, uh, <clears throat> we had an opportunity. I started, you know, playing with some trios. I, I was a drummer in the Sunny Boom of the South, but I uh, I didn't know much about 
that, you know, playing the drum set in the genres of music that I could play. And I started playing and I uh, realized I had a pretty decent ear that I could accompany. So I uh, started working around town at a very early age. Uh, I, um, I, I think I skipped some in that, but prior to doing my college years, I had an opportunity to work with um, Larry Addison and Greg Robertson. We had a trio, and these guys were members of uh, Malico Sound. They were musicians, they're session uh, musicians. And in Jackson, Malico Records is one of the largest uh, music venues there, and it's, it's mostly blues. You know, Taylor, Bobby Bland, Lou Milton. So that's what I basically came up around. I was really not uh, so joyful with the blues at the beginning at my age because I wanted to play the hip hop stuff. But um, I started playing blues, and uh, I, I remember one. I remember one time I was playing with a gentleman by the name of Cadillac George Harris, which was one of my first gigs. And I said, what did my friends come in and see me playing this music? I felt embarrassed. But as I, that was just immaturity on my part because, you know, blues is indignant with us as well. So I continued to play and this is about jazz trios. I was working uh, at a supper club and maybe around 79, 78 and uh, was doing very well with it and had an opportunity to um, tour with some groups, but I was in college. So I had to make a decision uh, if I wanted to stay with my music, I go out and just make this money, this quick money, whatnot. As I look back on it now, I'm very fortunate. I'm glad that uh, God was with me and he directed me. I just stayed with my education, my degree uh, I received from Jackson State University School of Music, but well, was in music education. I moved from a performance major to a uh, educator, to an education major. And um, I came over, I was in uh, New Orleans once playing with a group and I met um, a group called Cash Money. And uh, at the time I didn't know who Larry Blackman was, but it was a group out of Atlanta and Larry and I had a talk. We were, we were playing on a different floor. We were gonna do some uh, corporate work. And uh, he told me, he said, listen, man, you should come to Atlanta. Uh, it's a lot of work going on there. At the time, um, I think there was one of his side groups, uh, Cash Money, but I remember that. And um, then I met Marcus Williams somewhere. I don't know if I was on the road or whatnot. And Marcus was telling me about how the musicians in Atlanta used to have so much, you know, in common. You know, they were they were making good money and doing well in life. And in '82, '84, I. I migrated to Atlanta and I started off, I was working at a grocery store at night stock and then I was selling facsimile machines and doing the day with a music degree. But I continued and uh, started working with uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Bill Brainerd. Bill Brainerd had a big band. They would play on Sundays at the frat house now of Greenbrier and when I joined his band, it was with, I think that was Hank Moore, the um, Husson, Mason uh, Johnson and whatnot. Those guys, these were older guys, but um, man, they were swinging. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And the opportunity that was given to me to play with the band was mainly on my playing ability and my ability to read music. I'm so glad that I stayed in that, in that vein.
And, uh, you know, the rest is, you know, I met a lot of good people, Pete Holdem and Jimmy Jackson, guys in the, on the scene here in Atlanta that were very open and very receptive and gave me pointers. And um, I started working, you know, I started quitting my job and that door opened a door to Jumanji Productions. Uh, Elvin, I think we were on a tour with Teresa Hightower and, um, what was it, Renee, Renee Clark, you know, and Hakeem Marshall, we, we did a Southeastern tour with Jumanji with, and uh, Queen of the Blues, I think is what we were doing at the time. And, uh, I, and I, um, I worked briefly, prior to that I was working with um, phone come Bell South, I was doing some stuff, but I really got back into the music um, as an educator when I met Eddie Ellis trombone players, former director of McNair High School and um, Morris Brown College in, in South Carolina. He used to come out and they, um, at the Omega House, we had a big crowd there every, every Sunday. We did that for about five or six years. And he offered me uh, an opportunity to come and work with his band at McNair uh, High School in Boulder Press as a percussion instructor. I went and did that and he said, hey man, we'll go, you got your degree. Just, you know, go ahead and do your uh, certification test and, you know, get into, the, into it. So I really was in more of a performance idiom. You know, I was gigging and playing, but uh, I had the degree to follow back on. And that's what I would encourage all young budding artists, if you have that opportunity, in a, you know, to get your degree, whether it be performing or in education, I would definitely pursue that because uh, now I look back, 35, 40 years later, and uh, it's something that I could use, you know, and I went on and started teaching at McNair as an assistant to Mr. Ellis, and from that point, I went to uh, Chapel Hill Middle School with James Barry, Dr. Barry and Don Robinson, those guys, Natalie Brown, and left there and uh, went to um, Cedar Grove with Michael the Queer. He's a New Orleans musician, excellent witness. He's down at, uh, I think he's over at Morehouse now. No, he's at Clark, I'm sorry. So from there, I went and had my own high school band, Towers High School in the uh, 90s. And uh, there was always a conflict that um, being a professional musician and then being an educator. You know, I would leave football games and go straight to a gig and stuff like that. And as I got older, uh, I realized having a dual career, I need to slow it down a little bit. You know, I couldn't do the high school, so I went to elementary school and then apparently back to the middle school. But um, it was good for me. I enjoyed it, um, teaching those young people. And I had a good, you know, a jazz band. And the students really gravitated to the jazz, you know. And um, I mean, we had an all-star stellar um, concert band and pep band and whatnot, but the jazz, my jazz band at Tucker Middle School, we had 13, 14 year old kids, 12. And they sounded like grown men. You know, of course we had some charts that would, uh, were suitable for that age bracket, but I, I realized then that the more you challenge these young people today, uh, the more they want to step up to that, you know, to that, that thing. I know that's long-winded, but um, you had some other questions, I'm pretty sure, Vaughn. Anything else? Well, yeah, man. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, you mentioned a lot of uh, players uh, from the metro area here. 
uh, uh, like Dove Hudson and so forth. Uh, uh, Dove just had basically his 90th birthday, and uh, he's still he's still active. Uh, it's just that he doesn't. Of course, nobody's going out and playing right now because of the environment. You know, we all are under the same uh, restrictions right now as far as gigging. Um, but you know, he too was an educator, and just like you mentioned, the Omega House, the Omega House was one of the one of the uh, uh, venues that was really uh, on the way to being like an institution for live jazz music, and. Mm -hmm. It, it's the same, you know, of course, those, those uh, venues are gone now. Uh, and there's not, there was nothing really there to take the place, you know, of them. So, like, at um, Jazz Matters here, we've been uh, on this quest for several years, five to six years, to try to actually bring the heritage and the culture back in jazz music. And so what we've been doing, of course, uh, was giving, is, is giving all the uh, resident talent a platform to perfect their craft. Uh, that does not exist right now. And in a lot of other states, a lot of other places are closing the doors permanently in that situation. So it's kind of interesting to me when we do get uh, out of this cloud, so to say, uh, what is going to be there? What do you think is going to be there for the musician? Well, and that's a good question, Ellen. Uh, that's um, something that we, we, we really need to answer that. We need to prepare for the future now. Um, if we do not continue to promote our music, our artists, and this genre we call jazz, then it'll be lost and it will get twisted throughout history, you know, change up and say, well, we, they did this, or this person invented this, and I started this style, because we'll lose our heritage, our history. It's imperative, it's important. As educators, as professional musicians, as you guys are as well, we promote it. We give the platform. i never forget, you gave me an opportunity to bring a middle school jazz band to the, uh, it was at the Lou Walker Center, one of the centers over here, off Oh, yeah, it was the uh, Porter Sanford. The uh, Porter Sanford, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that experience that my students had with that, just you offering us that opportunity and open those doors, they still talk about it. They are in their mid-20s now, and I see them. They say, Mr. Jennings, you remember we went and did this? And they had a, a nice, uh, a good audience uh, that was very receptive, people that love jazz and understand it. And it is so much to encourage them. And that's what we must do. We need to really get a venue. Um, one of our great predecessors, musician, J.O. White, I think you mentioned earlier, you know, he had just jazz. And I used to go down there after my gig. Man, those cats be playing at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, Johnny O'Neill and Jimmy and, you know, those cats. Right. Just, it was like eating the soul. You know, you go down, you finish the gig at the hotel or whatnot, you go down there and, and listen to jazz at three, four o'clock in the morning, you know, the thing, and the crowd was uh, conducive to what was going on. So we, and I, I appreciate you guys, Vaughn, and you as well, what you're doing, uh, chronicling the history of the musicians in this city. You know, we need to have some documentation. These podcasts are very well 
uh, you know, you're doing the best, you're doing the right thing. You guys are doing it and, and do not um, be discouraged. And we as musicians need to support you. We need to do this. We need to, you, you know, we need to go to your store. We need to, not just as, you know, just to get on, but just to make sure that you keep what you're doing, that you keep this going because it's very, very important. But a, 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 a people without a vision, you know, without a history, don't have a history, don't know their vision. You know, have to have a vision, you got to know your history. So uh, continue to right. do what you're doing. Continue to yeah, I mean, that's, uh, very well put. Uh, the, the thing is that we are um, in a situation now where it's more, it is really uh, vital that we continue to give musicians like yourself uh, a platform because, like I say, once we come out of this cloud, a lot of the brick and mortar places will be shut down. Uh, there won't be a, a cultural center for jazz, so to say. Uh, in Atlanta, the way Atlanta is building and growing, nobody's building those type of places. Right. So we at Jazz Matters are basically trying to um, keep the platform available for, for all the musicians, uh, regardless to whether you're doing uh, straight ahead jazz, uh, really, uh, uh, the uh, contemporary style, uh, smooth jazz, whatever it is, you know, even if you're transitioning from one genre of music, because we get a lot of people that transition from gospel or R&B, and they want to do jazz, you know what I'm saying? They never had the opportunity, so we, we need to try to give them that opportunity to do it. We have people around us that can mentor them into that and tell them the do's and don'ts, you know, uh, as far as, you know, how to keep themselves, you know, uh, 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 in the know of, of really what the concepts of the music that they really want to do, how to actually present it, how to perform it. Right. So the deal is, um, if, uh, like you said, if you can go to uh, yesjazzmatters.org, uh, you can learn everything about us. And also, like I said, go to the Jazz Matters store. And I got one of my T-shirts on, too, oh. uh, which is cool. And Bond always keep it on. Bond, Bond is the actual billboard. There he is. He's is that Bond? Oh, Bond, okay. <laughs> He's the billboard. He's the actual billboard for, for Jazz Absolutely. Matters. I am the brand ambassador. That's right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. But uh, we know that uh, we are. We, uh, Everything is there, all the information is there. So just go to it and, and, and try to grab whatever you can uh, as far as the information, as far as the merchandising, and, and don't forget to donate because as a 501c3, you know we're a nonprofit organization and we need the support of the community because if, if the way it's looking, uh, we may be the only support for Jazz after cloud lifts, you know? Because uh, there, everybody else is pretty much shutting the door on a lot of things. But, mm -hmm. but even through our podcast, and we're working on virtual concerts now. Uh, like I said, uh, the information is there, and everybody out there can go and check it out for themselves, and they can uh, comment and write to us and so forth about their organization. Now, one more thing about, uh, well, well, for you, Lawrence, 
I know that you are you, you're doing a lot or was doing a lot in the teaching uh, in the school system and as well as playing but is there anything any projects you're working on for yourself at this point well um, good question um, you know and when I um, I did 20 28 years in the Cap County School as a music educator. Uh, unfortunately, I had to bring it to an end about four years ago. I was diagnosed with cancer. And by the grace of God, I'm here to speak with you guys now. And so it has really put me in a situation that I am, um, I'm, I'm contemplating, you know, where do I want to go in my career at this time? Uh, as you can see, I've been working on my keys, just trying to get, you know, it's, it's, it's a tedious process after dealing with that chemo and stuff for so long. And, um, you know, once you get it out of your system, just getting your motor skills back together. But I think uh, in my heart, I'll always be an educator. I'll be one to teach. I'm doing a couple of private lessons now on brass instruments. But uh, I'm working on putting my uh, trio of a quartet. You know, I had a trio of a quartet we were working. Uh, prior to the pandemic and everything is slowed down. I think the last gig I did was July 4th and I was very, I would say apprehensive and uh, frightened at the time because you know, when you're playing out, you know, people all around you, you never know. But um, one of the uh, projects that I'm working on now, I'm just putting together uh, some songs, putting some things together, some thoughts and ideas of what I've, uh, I've never produced, uh, did an album, anything like that, but there, some songs I've had like two or three years. So I'm, I'm going back to build that up, uh, build on that and try to continue to put something out here before it gets, I get too old. But um, I'm, I'm still, uh, I would like to um, develop a, what we call a creative musicians network, basically what you guys are doing. I, I, when, you know, since I've been speaking with you and just watching me some of your podcasts, you're absolutely right, there's a, there's a void big boy. And it's not just for jazz only, but just the musicians. We need to come together in this community. Atlanta communities, uh, we see each other at the gig, but we need to come together and start setting it up for later on down the road. You know, when we pass on, I uh, uh, can't do the things we need to do, uh, because at some point, you know, you can play for the rest of your life. Uh, but um, you need to have something else set up, you know, and I want to keep it in a musical uh, idiom. So I'm looking at Creative Musicians Network as an opportunity for musicians just to collaborate, uh, bring in some artists, bring in some, um, some clinics and whatnot for younger people to experience, you know, get the opportunity to experience what the older, what the guys that came before them are doing. And we have some outstanding musicians right here in this town, you know, that can do <clears throat> Yeah, this town is full of them. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, a, I mean, from the time that I, I, I was here, uh, I mean, it, it was the same way. A lot of them, of course, had, had went on to do tours with major artists and so forth, including myself. But the thing is, there was always uh, a pool of, of great educators, uh, great musicians that could come. My, my whole thing was, I never saw them come together Right, you know, to actually create, you know, a cultural center for the music. You know, everybody pretty much off into their own thing. But um, 
that's another reason why I um, uh, put together the Jazz Matter situation because I didn't want to be somebody that just basically is out there either chasing the gig, you know, or waiting on a gig to do a gig. Like that's all I do. You know, the whole thing is is that the, the entire jazz community, especially, is so underserved uh, in 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 whole scheme of the music uh, concepts these days, we don't have really uh, many outlets or in a lot of cases, zero outlets because there is no place that's doing it like uh, six or seven days a week, you know. Uh, it used to be, I mean, you know, but, but all that's gone now. So the thing is, yeah, we have to really figure out a way, and I've been doing it for, for a while, trying to figure out how to actually get all these great creative minds and musicians together to form the, the network that actually is a network, you know, and we can get together and talk about, you know, how to really do that. And I know me and you have been talking about trying to connect for a couple of years now. Right. So the thing is, uh, uh, we got plenty of time now because of the pandemic, that's for sure. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So when you do get that project on yourself, you know, like, it doesn't have to be a, a whole CD or anything like that. It could be a little EP or it could be a single. Um, you're talking to the right guy, which is Vaughn Coulter over there, uh, and he'll make sure he puts you out there, you know, give you an audience, you know? Vaughn, you, you, yeah. you uh, yeah, Vaughn, I know Vaughn wanted to uh, give you a little bit of insight on himself and Okay. What he's learned about you so far. Well, I, I want to start off by saying this. Uh, Mr. Jennings, you have taken me back to my past. Okay. And um, I was listening to you as, a, as an educator, most of all. Um, 24 years in the schools, trying to uh, keep the knowledge of this 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 art form, America's original art form, on the minds of our culture. I mean, of the culture that we have created in this country. Yes. And yes. I started thinking about when I was in middle school, and uh, that's where my musical career started. Um, I joined. Uh, I kind of did it because my older brother was in it, and I joined the uh, our our the. the uh, junior high school band. And uh, I'd have to say that was a turning point in my life, you know, because I, you know, I, I grew up a nerd, of course, <laughs> so I think most of us did. Yeah. But, you know, I had yeah. no idea the impact that, that that music education that I got in middle school was going to travel with me for the rest of my life. Um, so, you know, it's important that that we all <clears throat> and I have to reiterate a lot of those things that you said. I mean, it, it's 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 tough out there for this for this uh, for America's original art form. It really is. Um, it's competing against so many other factors. Um, basically, a lot of it has to do monetarily with its support and and, and financial backing. Um, it's not enough for us to, you know, um, you know, I think what we're doing is an important step, but we need to be in the schools. Yeah. And yeah. we have to reinforce, 
we have to reinforce what um, what 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 your mission is mm -hmm. to get it back in the schools again. Um, right. It's taken a big hit financially. Most of these most of these small uh, uh, you know elementary schools and high schools and middle schools don't even have music programs anymore. You know because right. they cut back on funds. Right. And usually that's the first things to go, the arts. So you know. Um, I'm with you 100%. I'm sitting here in my mind trying to figure out how can we do this mm -hmm. expeditiously? Because I don't know how much time we got left to get back into the schools. And, you know, you never know how things are going to turn. And with COVID going on, you know, we got to wait and see. Everything is is standing still. But we need to, we, we, we need to find a way to uh, move this ball forward. Um, because... I remember when I was in, I had uh, graduated high school and, and I saw this traveling production that John Hendricks had did back in this, I think it was like the, the, the 70s, entitled Evolution of the Blues. It was mm -hmm. an incredible production that John Hendricks put together. And he traveled all over the country with this thing for several years. And it was on, you know, I saw it on stage. I grew up in, in Los Angeles and it was one of the most breathtaking pieces of education I ever got in my life. And I see us embarking in this type of program yes. where we can get out there uh, in the schools with a, with a traveling educational multimedia uh, thing to get out there to these schools and, and be able to let them know the history of this music mm -hmm. and how valuable it is for us to preserve it. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's remarkable. And, I, and I'm, I'm really thankful that you're here because you know, um, I think, you know, as, as a student, when I was in middle school, it, 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 it's had a huge impact on my life. And the arts are important to our, our, our culture. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, you know, that's, that's how I feel about it. And with my radio station as a programmer, nobody else is doing what I do. I try to mix the past with the present, embracing the future of this, of this, of this medium. And and I think that's that's a that's a uh, um, that's a goal that I, I I always want to pursue. I want to keep that in mind that this music didn't just start with Herbie Hancock, <laughs> you know, it didn't just start with uh, Boney James. This thing goes back to the turn of the century, you know, and it moved forward, and it's like a fine timeline that is kind of like blended in with everything else that has taken place over the last hundred years. So, you know, we have to, we have to do what we have to do as advocates and educators to keep this thing alive. Exactly. Yeah. And Vaughn, you are the voice, a powerful voice in this community. What is your call numbers for your station? What, 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 where, where can we listen to you? I mean, what station are you on? I will tell you this, uh, <laughs> my general manager does not like us to call it an internet radio station. We are a viable source. Um, we, you know, yeah, we compete against, we compete against the, the, the longstanding jazz station in this, in this city. Yes, we do. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've given, I'm kind of pushing him more toward, you know, let's be impactful in the community, exactly. uh, let's be an advocate for this music. Let's 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 preserve this art form. 
And, you know, this is, this is my mission. So that's what I'm, you know, my, my quest is to put it back in the forefront because we've been in the background for so long, you know, no, it's like, you know, people, you know, they can have it piped into their, their offices. They can have it piped into their coffee shops and things like that, but it's just background music, but it's much more than that. It always has been, you know, so, uh, yeah, you can find it. it's Jazz Beats Radio. It's uh, you can find it's on the internet, JazzBeatsRadio.com, and uh, you know you can pull up our web page, and uh, you know see exactly how we have existed for eight years, and wow. uh, we're currently uh, our general manager is currently keep pushing the envelope, putting out there more stations with more different formats, but his his station, Jazz Beats Radio, was its is, is, is the flagship station for his company. Okay. And um, I'm, I'm totally involved in it. I'm immersed in it and try daily to, uh, to keep it fresh and keep it viable in the community. That's my mission. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much the, we have kind of a, a trio of things going right now uh, because Vaughn is dealing with the airwaves. Uh, we deal with live performance on it more so than anything else. Uh, and you, Lawrence, to put your network together is more on the educational side of music, mm -hmm. uh, which is a, a really good combination. And the thing is, uh, we just have to put it together. As far as uh, Jazz Matters goes, uh, like I said, me and Lawrence have been talking quite a bit and uh, basically trying to, my whole thing is to try to figure out what it is that um, we could do for each other. Uh, the main thing is with, with Jazz Matters is being 501 and 3 weeks, we have to survive off of donations and sponsorships. So therefore, we have the, the facility and the tools and everything. We just need the listeners out there to understand if they really are jazz enthusiasts, enthusiasts, then they can go to yesjazzmatters.org and donate to it. And we'll all of the, and basically in, a, in this city, we will be able to produce and give you the actual performance value of the music in person. Uh, not that you have to listen to it on radio all the time, but there's one thing that's missing right now and people really, are getting really hungry or a serious appetite for live performances. Uh, we, we're doing virtual, uh, but you know, at the same time, we are human beings. We are social uh, people. We have to have a social atmosphere about certain things that we enjoy. And just to, you know, uh, like I said, just go to yesjazzmatters.org and everything is there. Uh, just everything you need to know about the organization there. Uh, Lawrence, what, um, what do you see right now uh, uh, moving forward uh, as far as uh, uh, you, uh, myself, and Vaughn, and just actually creating uh, something that is, is something that everybody can benefit from. Like in other words, uh, we know we need. We know that people want live entertainment, 
Uh, we know that we are up against uh, an unseen enemy, so to say, uh, which is going to cause a lot of, uh, uh, wreak a lot of havoc as far as, you know, uh, people being able to actually come to see live stuff. So I'm looking at it where um, if we can get uh, enough support, I think we can pretty much uh, uh, get people to uh, or get them adjusted or prepared for it simply because we have a platform to do it with. And uh, what do you think um, in the meantime, uh, by you being an educator, what is it going to take? Because we've actually approached schools about, you know, putting the music or exposing the children into to the music at an early age. But, you know, some schools accept it, some schools don't, and it goes back to budget cuts, of course. Uh, but if you donate to, to us, we can actually make it happen because it's, it won't be a burden necessarily on the schools, you know. Yeah. Um, you think something like that would be a, a, a good thing, especially now? Well, that's a good question, uh, Edwin. You, uh, and, and, you know, as, as Vaughn was speaking earlier, something came across me. You know, we, you, you guys have, you have the database. We have the musicians. We have access to the musicians. You have the contact information. And now it's just putting it together. It's like, you know, we have all the ingredients together to put, to make, to bake this cake out of this pie. But now we just have to put it together. And one of the things, you're absolutely right, Vaughn, is it, it really also starts in the school. It starts with education. If we could um, use some of the facilities there to uh, host a, uh, a a jazz uh, a jazz a jazz committee of a discussion or performance, also um, we need and you know when you and I talked about that I can see it just as clear as a bell now you're absolutely right you need a liaison a liaison to with the education system and what jazz matters is doing. And we can, if we develop that in a way that, you know, we get the directors of these high school, middle school bands, give them a platform, as you say, a place to showcase their talent, as you did with the uh, Porter Sanford bill. And that was going great, but it does take finances. You know, money doesn't grow on trees and, you know, never has. So what we have to do is just be vigilant and just continue to push forward. I will, you know, we, we as musicians, artists, you know, radio personalities, you know, like you're doing now, you're donating your time. It's a thankless job. But if we continue to do that, then um, that there is, you said something earlier. I can't think of a place now in Atlanta where you can hear, I mean, live straight ahead jazz, you know. And a lot of people are not, not into jazz, some are not into, but we are doing this to preserve our heritage. We're doing this to preserve the legacy of those that have come before us. And it is an art form unlike any other. You know, that's why, you know, I, I look at the, you know, the, the caption on it, jazz, when you, as a jazz musician, when you're playing, you're swinging or improvising, it lets you be you, as you said, who you are. And it's an art form that we cannot lose. We shall not let it go. You know, I go to Europe, people are very respectful of this music. They, they are humble with you, you know. And 
we just need to um, uh, uh, broaden our brand, which is the Jazz Matters. We have to just broaden that and get more people involved with it. And um, maybe there should be some type of campaign that we can get together and just bring the awareness up and bring it up because this is a great thing that you're doing. You guys are doing, you know, you said you've interviewed, I'm pretty sure, many musicians in this city. And there are many that you haven't interviewed, but it's a start. And see, that's that database that you're collecting now that's going to, we got to take it and figure out well, where we're going to put it, how we're going to use it. And Edwin and Vaughn, you know, like you guys, we have to get together as men, as businessmen, and have a plan. How we're going to push it. And in education, you know, that is our greatest venue. Because if we could, Joe Jennings, Bernard Lynette, those guys, we used to do, yes, you know, I used to do programs as well during the Black History Month. We go to the schools and everybody gets excited and hear the jazz band, we talk about it. But we need to do that every month. We need to do it on a consistent mm. basis, you know, and just mm. put it in a rotation. And then it becomes, it's expected. And what that exposure is doing is opening the light. The light is coming on to those that say, wow, as Vaughn said, you know, his beginning experiences were in middle school. Those things are erasable. You can never forget the impact. So the earlier you catch them in that elementary, middle school area, the earlier you catch them with this music, and you, it grabs them. And then it's a continuation. But also, as you said, you know, we need a venue where they can come and express that before a live audience, if, if need be. So, um, you, you know, you guys, uh, I, I, I praise you humbly, uh, Edwin, for what you're doing, and Vaughn. Keep the light going. That's all you're doing. You're just a beacon of light. Continue to do it. Even if it is an internet uh, station, the key is, it's not who you know, but it's who knows you. That's the key in this society, in this multimedia society we live in now. The more people hit yeah. you on that on that site, they see what's going on. Then your the awareness of what we're doing comes up, and then we can market it even better. You know, but um, education is the key. You know, to uh, uh, to further success. As a gentleman told me once. Um, uh, what was that he said uh, was set you free uh, the truth will set you free yep. but the education your education will set you up for life and it's mm -hmm. what you know so um, you know we could um, go on and go on and go on but as we sit here and speak, I think that the spirit hit me that that's, that's one of the things. We got to get in those schools. And I'm willing to, in a way, you know, ever we've talked about it before, but uh, we need to, I need to start talking. Yeah, and we need to So, uh, and it was great uh, that uh, you came on today and uh, we learned a lot about you. I'm not going to learn, I don't, I'm glad you didn't go into the, you know, the other stuff, the hidden stuff, but you know, everything is good. <laughs> We're really good. Is there, uh, is there any way uh, the listeners can can contact you? Is there a website or a 
or is there any um, you you can well, just email uh, whatever yeah I'll give you my email my website uh I've been, once I got out of education it sort of floated down but you can re reach me at jazzdrum j a z z d r u m at mindspring.com jazzdrum at mindspring.com I I've had that domain uh, for quite some time. Now, you know, those are original musicians. Yeah. I out of Georgia Tech. Those guys are millionaires now, bass player and drummer. Right. And I stayed with it. And um, so, you know, musicians are very creative. But thank you so much, gentlemen. Um, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to express uh, my views and my history. And uh, just keep up the good work. So, Bart, uh let them know where everyone can contact you. Right. Uh, starting off again, it, it's going to be at jazzbeatsradio.com. And uh, you can also find me, I do have a YouTube page. It's jazzbeatsradio. I'm sorry, let me start that again. It's soulscapes. That's S-O-U-L-S-C-A-P-E-S -S on jazzbeatsradio. Soulscapes on Jazz Beats Radio. That's my YouTube page. And you can go on there and subscribe to it. And uh, you'll find out, you know, I do some some uh, um, some presentations on there. Uh, you'll see like tons of music that, you know, um, represents my life. And it's a pretty extensive uh, playlist of from jazz from the 1950s all the way up to the present day. And uh, so it's it's pretty elaborate, but I I, I live by that music, um, and it's not just jazz, it's 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 the it's the it's the it's the cultural art form known as soul, um, R and B. Prior to when James, uh, I'm sorry, when uh, George Clinton changed it to rhythm and business, it's still rhythm and blues during my time period, and it's fusion, it's 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 uh, jazz funk. It's all of those genres that are subgenres of that, that, that original art form. So, you know, um, you can find me there as well. And then uh, my Facebook, I'm on Facebook as well. And uh, also my Twitter, and um, which is Soulscapes1. And so, you know, I try to take advantage of all of those avenues for social media because, unfortunately, we need this kind of stuff right now. We really do. And of course, uh, you can always get a hold of me at yesjazzmatters.org and make sure you also subscribe, make sure you like us, uh, uh, let your friends know to tune in. Uh, we uh, do have, like I said, uh, a Jazz Matters store. Uh, we do accept uh, donations. We are a 501c3 organization. So uh, we are probably be doing uh, a virtual concert soon. I don't have the date with me right now, but um, we are moving into that area. We're learning a lot as we go. Uh, and if there is anyone out there that has uh, that type of uh, background in geography and so forth, uh, you can always go to Yes Jazz Matters and, and uh, just let us know. Uh, like I said, subscribe to it and like us, and what we'll do is see you on the next one.
uh, that is it for us now. And thanks everybody for being with us. And we will definitely uh, keep you posted on what's available uh, at Jazz Matters, uh, like at any time we get ready to do stuff, especially with the live stuff, because we're really anxious about getting that off the ground. Okay, thanks again, Lawrence, and uh, we'll holler. It's been a lot. Peace, peace out. Man. All right. Peace, peace out.